At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the North America Waterfowler podcast. My name is Elliot, your host here. And I appreciate you being here and listening to another episode. It's like 82, I think, 81, 82. We're in the 80s now. As we close out 2023, this is going to be a full 12 months of the North American Waterfowler podcast. And I, looking back at this year, I'm really happy with what we've done here. I'm happy with um, that you're listening and enjoying these podcasts. Um, started right, I believe I recorded my first episode, I think January 1st of 2023. And here we are 12 months later, going strong, still trying to kick out two episodes a week for you guys as much as I possibly can, trying to stay consistent with the record, with the release schedule. But if I'm being honest, man, this is the time of year I start getting tired. In fact, this is the time of year I get sick. And I'm coming off a four-day sickness. It seems like every single year or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I get the flu or fever or COVID or something. And, and I, that's what happened. I, I came down with it, missed work Thursday, Friday. Um, had in my mind that I wanted to maybe try to hunt on Saturday, but it was not going to happen. I mean, it, I was sick. I was on the couch, man. Chest cough, chills. I don't think I ever ran a fever, but it was a serious sickness. And I know when I'm really sick, when I think about going waterfowl hunting, and I'm like, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. That's when I know I'm sick. Because I can be, you know, sick and not want to work sick but if they're like well if it was a saturday i'd probably be hunting right but that was not this so i'm wearing down a little bit man i, I think that honestly um that four days of sickness capped off by a horrible chief's loss disgusting disgusting chief's loss to the bills um that I needed, I needed that sleep. 
I needed that time on the couch, you know, between my regular job and just pushing hard on the hunting all the time and making podcasts, recording and releasing, editing videos and and working on the whole app thing. And it's just a lot. It's a lot. And I love it. Excuse me. But it's a lot. And so I think I just wore down. But I missed a hunt on Saturday. I was actually able to go and scout on Saturday. And so I did find some mallards that I'm excited about. Uh, I don't know how many I found. We're, we are still in desperate need of an Arctic blast cold front. We've got birds. There's birds around. But, man, there has been, it's like low of 32, high of 50, low of 32, high of 50. It's like day after day after day after day after day. At this point, we need an all-out lockdown. We need cold, cold, cold. I'm sure everyone that's listening to this probably needs the same thing. It's cold. And looking at the 14-day, I don't see any of it coming, but I do have some birds located. So I'm going to be on them Saturday, maybe Sunday. There's a chance that Jake and Aiden may be coming and staying in the house and my friend Todd Williams. So we will see what's going to happen. What I could use in my life right now is a mallard hunt where everyone harvests their birds. Um, I could really use that. It's been a fantastic year. I've shot a ton of birds, but I'm just really anxious for a signature mallard hunt. Every year... Has a few signature mallard hunts. Some years more than others. You know, some years you get on them and it's got a bunch of signature mallard hunts. When you just think back in your mind of that hunt. Last year, I can think of three signature mallard hunts that stick out of my mind. The year before that, I can think of definitely one major, no, two major significant mallard hunts and those kind of cap off the year i love shooting all different kinds of ducks i love the blue wing teal i love the gadwalls i love the widgeon but the crown jewel for me are those mallard limits that that's really what i'm ultimately seeking that doesn't mean that i can't have fun on those green wing tail hunts with michael nave and stetson you know where where we shot a bunch of green wing teal those hunts were extremely enjoyable those hunts with nate from um falling tide where we were killing a bunch of green wing teals and pintails and man i satisfaction level on those through the roof i'd give that a nine out of ten satisfaction level but this year needs a signature couple of mallard hunts is what it needs and we are looking at it's 12 13 right now December 13th. I have one or two hunts this weekend. Then I've got a Corn's Pond hunt lined up somewhere around the 22nd, 23rd, where I'm going to get fumbles out. Then I'm going off to Chris Jobman's club on the Platte River and I'm going to hunt that for three days. And I'm sure from, from what he's saying, <clears throat> those are definitely going to be signature mallard hunts. You know, and and I cannot wait to video those hunts and get those out. I've never hunted the Platte River, and this is just world class. So I cannot wait to do that. And then I will come home on the thirtieth, and I may hunt 
I don't know. Um, probably won't hunt again until like the sixth or seventh of January, man. Then we are staring down the barrel of the end of season. I mean, man, it's who it, it feels like the end of season is looking me right in the eyes. So better enjoy it while it lasts. Better enjoy it while it lasts. So today I'm going to do a question of the week and then we've got Woody coming back on here and we real soon, probably I'm guessing early January, we're going to do a batch recording of Woody's on Patreon live stream. So if you love the Woody segments and you would love to come and watch me and Woody record those because we do five at a time, um, we batch record them. And if you want to be a part of that and, and come and watch and hang out with the Patreon community, it's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Come on over there. There's still people signing up. Would love to have you over. Would love to have you over there. So go and do that. I, I want to talk about something that's a little bit of, before I go into comment of the week and, and Woody's, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Now, take this with a grain of salt, but I have always, for some reason, not liked trendy things. Ever since I was in high school, you know, if like a certain fashion popped up and, and everyone was wearing these squirrely little shoes, I can remember a specific penny loafer that the guys in my high school started wearing. And the laces on these penny loafers were like like a little pigtails coming out the side. And, and man, it, all the cool kids were getting this. And I thought those looked retarded. Honest to God, I thought they looked stupid. And when my best friend started wearing those, I was like, I couldn't, I, I just didn't understand. I couldn't get it. It's like, I've never worn these dumb looking shoes before. If I've got to wear these dumb looking shoes to be considered cool, then count me out. I'm just not going to wear these dumb looking shoes. And I've always kind of been that way with, with trends and fashions. Like I, I want to, um, what I, I want to dress the way I dress. Now we all, we all give in to fashions. We can't help it. We all do it. And I'm the same. But when I feel like I'm required to change something about the way I dress, the way I act, the way I talked, or if you feel, if I feel myself doing that when, because all the cool kids are doing it, it just sits wrong with me. And in, in waterfowl hunting, there becomes phrases and terms that are the same way. Doing it dirty is a perfect example. Now, if you use the phrase doing it dirty, I am not chastising you, okay? I'm trying to give you an understanding before I go into this thing bothering me right now. But I've never, I've never used the phrase doing it dirty. I've been waterfowl hunting um, for over 30 years. Not one time did I refer to ducks doing it dirty when they went into the decoys. And so when I hear other people using it and saying it in like that type of way, I don't want any part of it. It's not the way I talk. It's not the way I have talked. And just because some other guys are saying it, I don't want to pick up the vocabulary because that's not the vocabulary that I use. And, and I find it annoying when people use the phrase doing it dirty. It shouldn't, it shouldn't make me feel annoyed because that's how speech and language evolve. But it just does. It shouldn't. I understand it shouldn't. So don't don't get your panties in a bunch if you say it, and and I'm saying it, it, it annoys me. Okay, nothing personal. 
It just does. And um, there's other similar phrases as they pop up. When I when I hang out with someone and they're using different slang, different terms that I've never used before, I make a concerted effort not to use those because that's not how I speak. So Nate from Falling Tide came up and he's got that Louisiana, he's got a cool vibe about him. Nate does. If you watch Falling Tide or if you watch my video or listen to him on here, the way he talks is really cool. He just exudes like a laid back, chill coolness. And uh, several times when I was hanging out with him, I caught myself having a little, a little change in some of the words I was saying and the influctuation of him from being around from being around Nate. And, and that's perfectly fine. As we're with people, we influence each other. But I, I, I remember catching myself and being like, okay, I don't, just because I think that Nate sounds really cool in the way he talks, it shouldn't change my dialect at all in any way, shape, or form. That's my, because I am a, am a bred Kansas boy. And, and, and so that's how I want to be. So, the thing that 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 is getting to me a little bit and i and this one is really petty okay it's really petty i'm telling you right now listen to me say this i understand this is a petty cork of my own i understand it fully and it's like have you ever been in a room with someone and they're eating cereal and you hear them crunching and man you just want to punch them in the face <laughs> You know it's not rational. You know that it's not rational to feel that way. And you resist it and you fight against it. So I'm trying to preface this because I don't want you, you know, to feel like I'm actually hating on people for, for using this phraseology. I'm not. It just, for whatever reason, it gets on my nerves. There's two levels of it. One way it absolutely should not get on my nerves. 100% should not, but I just, it just does. The other one, I, it does get on my nerves, and I think it's dumb, and people should stop doing it. So I'll give you the multi-layer, layer one, layer two. So layer one, here it is. I'm almost embarrassed to say it because like, everyone says this. This is a, a, a somewhat of a new thing. When you go hunting with your buddies, and let's say it's you and two other guys, and you shoot your limit, and you say, we shot a three-man, we shot a four-man, and you leave the word limit off there, a three-man, a four-man, a six-man. I don't know why, guys, that gets on my last freaking nerves. And I refuse to exclude the word limit on that sentence. You will not hear me saying we shot a two-man, three-man, four-man. It just gets on my nerves. I don't know why. It should not. And I apologize that it does, but it just does. So it, feel free to keep using it if you're around me and everything, because I know it's dumb. I don't actually think people are wrong for using that. Now, here's what is wrong, okay? And this is what, if you're doing this, you need to stop this right now. If you are on a hunt and there are four of you and you shoot 18 birds, you cannot refer to that as a three-man. There are four people there. 
There are four people shooting. You did not shoot a three-man when there's four. You, it, you cannot shoot a three-man if there's four of you there, okay? So knock that off. If there's two of you there and you guys shoot six birds, you do not refer to that as I shot a one-man. Or if there's three of you there and you shot 12 birds, that's not a two-man. See, to me, that's like elevating its... um. If I really go deep into why why these things are a pet peeve to me, it feels like a chest puffing thing. And we shot four men. It feels like a, a motorcyclist revving his engine. It's like a chest puffing thing. But especially if there's three of you and you shot 12 ducks and you call it a two-man. That is totally a deceptive way to try to make your hunt sound better than what it is. Don't do that. So that's, uh-uh, that doesn't fly. So anyway, I'll move on from that. Uh, I just think that those are some thoughts that I have that are kind of funny. And and I know, once again, I know that that's my issue, my problem. Um, so go about go about your business. But, um. Trying to, I'll have to try to think of some other phrases. I've got some non, I've got some non waterfowl phrases that drive me nuts. The word kiddos, I don't know what it is. The word kiddos, that word is like, I hate that word. I hate when people use the word kiddos. I, it's like the way that they say it, it's their body language, it's their tone. It just drives me nuts. I can't stand it. But once again, when someone does use it, it doesn't make me like have a disdain for them. I, I realize my my quirks are showing, my personality flaws are showing in those moments that I'm like, ah. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on um, here into to comment of the week and Woody's in just a second. Before we do that, don't forget it is not too late to go over to fabrand.com, that's Final Approach's website, and look through all of their gear. We just hunted um, that second day with Michael Nave and Stetson, where we shot, we didn't, Michael and, and Stetson, I didn't talk about it on this recent trip from um, a week and a half ago, where we shot the, the six-man limit <laughs> of green wing teal out of layout blinds. And then the second day, we used the stand-up line, the final approach stand-up line, and we shot a three-man limit um, using the stand-up line. And it's such a fantastic product. So on on Saturday, I used the final approach layout blind. I used the lightweight version. I can't remember the name of that thing. And then I used the stand-up blind. I mean, final approach is coming on strong with all their gear. So fabrand.com, FDH10 for your 10% code off. Treat yourself. It's almost Christmas. Get done, go and treat yourself to some of their stuff because it is freaking awesome. And then on X, make sure that you're using it. If you're not, go get it today on X Hunt. There's no code there. And the newest partner, Motion Ducks. MotionDucks.com, decoy spreader system, FDH10 for 10% off of that. If you're not having motion on the water, especially on no wind days, you're not having the kind of success that you could be having and i will tell you it is for the price that they're selling this equipment 
over the next five years, it is going to the the price. The success is definitely going to outweigh the price. Trust me. Trust me on that. So go and pick that up. Um, so let's go ahead and move into comment of the week. It's time for comment of the week. All right. So this comment actually came to me today on Instagram. And shoot, I want to I want to name the person. I like doing that. Um, let me go and find who this person is. It's kind of an unusual name. Redmond. Jeez, I don't know. Let's do this. Redmond Rewing Co. Oh, gosh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Redmond Brewing Co. <laughs> Redmond Ring Co. is what I called it. <laughs> Redmond Brewing Co. He sent me a long a comment today about several different um, things. And there's one particular thing that I wanted to highlight that I thought was interesting. And let me just read that, that section to you. He wanted me to explore more into the app. And I didn't say this to him, um, Redmond, go and download the app, man. You can do all this for yourself. He's like, what about this? Can you ch- check this? Go check it, man. Go download the app and check it for yourself. North American Waterfowler app on iOS and Android. Go and download it. You can spend an indefinite amount of time looking at all this stuff. But anyway, here's what he said. You've discussed cloudy versus sunny and windy versus calm. What about filtering for both cloudy and windy versus cloudy and calm versus sunny and windy and sunny and calm? Curious how that would stack up. And again, go download the app. You can spend so much time playing with this stuff. So I got home and I did a dive on the North American Waterfowler app to look at these various um, um, filters and see what came up. Some of these filters did not produce enough hunts for me to really put much sway into it, um, but the vast majority of them did. The vast majority of them came up with over a 1,000 hunts total. We've got like, gosh, let me go and check and see how many um, hunts have been logged on the app to give you guys an idea 25,524 hunts have been logged over there to date so we've got a lot a lot of a lot of data and someone did bring it up to me and i and i and i know that this is absolutely a problem is that i suspect that goose eggs skunks from a lot of people are not being inputted because i know how lack of motivated i am on my skunk hunts to mo- to log them, and I log every single one, but I feel the motivation, and I know that there's no way that people are as motivated on this app as I am sometimes. So I would be willing to bet that a ton of people from aren't logging all of their zeros, all of their skunks. So that certainly you've got to take some of this data with a grain of salt. I think I'm going to start a dedicated group over there, like an opt-in, and it's going to have a list of requirements. Like I will, I will log every single hunt. I will, you know, make sure that I'm true and honest with everything, the, the best ability. It's going to be like a verified section where we get data. I want to get data from people that are promising that they're going to log every aspect of their hunting, promising that they're going to log all their skunks, and then we can compare that. Because these the birds per hunt average over there are always higher than it should be. I've got a, I, I've got a vast array of friends that are fantastic 
waterfowlers. Um, and I look at all of what they're over their career hunts per average. And, and when I see uh, over there that, you know, the out of 25,000 hunts logged, the harvested per hunt is 3.3. I, I have problems believing that out of every single person that's logged, the average is that high. That's a, that's a, that's a nice average. I feel like it should, if everyone was logging their skunks, I feel like it would be a little lower than that. So, but um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So let's go ahead and get into some of this data he asked about. The first one I, I looked up is cloudy and windy versus sunny and windy. Cloudy and windy, 3.4 birds per hunt. Sunny and windy, 3.8. So uh, on that, it, it, it expanded a little bit because I had just done sunny and windy and it was only 0.2. Once you add windy in there, you're up to a 0.4 difference between sunny and cloudy. Now, here's interesting. Cloudy with no wind, 2.7. Sunny with no wind, 3. So think about that. On a really windy day. Now, when I say windy, it's anything above 12. There's four different categories of wind over there. 0 to 6, 7 to 12. 13 to 20 and 20 plus. So I did windy. I thought anything above 12, like a, a good, strong, stiff wind. And pretty interesting to think that the, the, there was a big sample size on these two. So pretty interesting that cloudy versus sunny is only a 0.2 birds per hunt difference. But when you add it, make it really windy, it doubles. You go from 3.4 to 3.8. I thought that was fascinating. Cloudy, no wind. Sunny, no wind is 0.3. So the windier it gets, the more disparity there is between sunny and cloudy. Uh, fascinating. Uh, then I did cloudy, windy, and under free and 32 degrees or below. So cloudy, windy, 32 degree, degrees below or below. 32 degrees or below was 3.77. Sunny, windy, cold, 3.9. Almost no difference. When it's really, really cold and windy, it doesn't make much of a difference between cloudy and sunny. On the warmer temperatures, it seems to make more difference, cloudy and sunny, than on the cold when there's wind, there is wind. Why is that? Uh, that would be a good discussion to have. Uh, maybe ducks are more reckless when it's really cold like that. I don't know. And the last one I looked at was cloudy, no wind and cold. Sunny, no wind and cold. Now, these sample sizes were small. The cloudy, no wind and cold was only 80 hunts logged, which isn't that odd. Only 80 hunts out of the 25,000 did someone log cloudy, no wind and 32 degrees or below. It's like, I guess what, when it's below 32 degrees, it's always windy. I don't know. That's so weird. Sunny, no wind and cold, only 40 hunts logged out of the 25,000. I'm like, why is that? That's really strange that you get such little reporting with those conditions, but there was 3.2 to 3.25. So when it's no wind and cold, it does not make any difference whether it's cloudy or sunny. But again, these sample sizes are really small, 40 hunts, 80 hunts. So we got to kind of throw them out a little bit because of that. So interesting data, interesting numbers to look at. And again, you can go in to the North American Waterfowler app 
and just play around with this stuff and this filter system all day long. Um, there's going to be more additions all the time. Also, you can add pictures. You can track your dog retrieves. You can um, participate in the leaderboards, which is always fun. You can um, There's a message board. You can connect with your friends and see what, how their numbers are, not their locations, their numbers. And as always, shooting percentage is optional. So when you see that, that we're tracking shooting percentage over there, that is an optional statistic. A lot of people just leave it blank and feel free to do that. So we're going to take a very quick break. And then we're going to come back and, and have Woody on. Uh, I've, I've got, I'm in Christmas mode. I, I honestly, I still get the Christmas spirit like crazy. And there is one album that we listen to surprise surprise it's josh carroll's and uh we listen to every year from the time my wife and i we've been married like 11 years now and we've been listening to this christmas album almost every single year as our kids have grown up so like the whole feel of it the whole sound of it is really really nostalgic almost to the point now that our kids are leaving the house we've got two out of the four out of the house one that's out of high school but not out of the house it's like this album and this time of year is such a nostalgic thing so i want to play one of my very favorite songs off this if you want to hear this album just look up josh Carroll's christmas album on youtube and you can hear it in its entirety it is a fantastic christmas listen so here you go i'll be back in just a moment hear the sound of bells ring in the cold night air we sing songs of joy Peace and love Say goodnight and journey home Through the leafless woods alone Silence in the snow is like a dream Diamonds on the hills reflect the thrill of all the glory That has fallen to the earth All of life surrendering the death that winter brings in hope of a new life on this world. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. 
It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so we are back, and let's go ahead and move into Woody's Top 5. All right, boys, let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunting. It's Woody's Top 5 I've got my buddy Woody on here for uh, another Woody's Top 5. What do you have for us today, Woody? Hey, I'll tell you what. Now it's starting to get cool here. I went out this morning and the windshield of my truck had ice on it. The the dew had frozen on there, so it's starting to feel like hunting season to me. Um, So in keeping with that, I I thought we'd do the top five ways to stay warm while you're hunting. I think everybody knows basically how to stay warm, but thought I'd come up with some unique ideas here to help folks out. So number five on the top five ways to stay warm while hunting is wool socks. Now that sounds like a very elementary and common sense kind of thing, but Elliot, I didn't know what wool socks were until I was in college. Hmm. I grew up, my daddy had a bunch of old cotton socks and really what he wore a lot was them uh, like uh, nylon men's socks, dress socks. And he had some old ones that was kind of They'd kind of come all the way up on your calf, but they were so old and threadbare that you had to wear about three pairs of them because they all had holes in them. You had to, you had to rotate them all. So you get your foot completely covered. But my dad, he never got cold ever. He'd go out with no gloves, uninsulated boots, hunt all day long and never get cold. And I'd freeze to death. My feet would be so cold. They felt like they were froze off just below the knee. And so when I got to college, and somebody introduced me to wool socks. It was like I was learning to hunt again. <laughs> now I, I I wear wool socks just about any time. It don't matter how cold it is or how warm it is. When I go out to the woods, I put some wool socks on because they're just comfortable. They're like a hug for my feet. They feel good. Mm-hmm. All right, number four. Number four is the Icy Hot Stick-On Patch. Have you ever tried one of these deals? It's, it's kind of like them shake-up hand warmers, but you open it up. You shake it up and you stick it on your lower back or your thigh or whatever, wherever you get. And it's just like a great big hand warmer that sticks on. I've never used those. I used Icy Hot in high school playing baseball. Now, now, see, there's the problem. See, Icy Hot makes these stick-on back warmers, but they also make stick-on back warmers that have Icy Hot in them, too. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful. You want the non-medicated version of it, because you put that one on, you put that one on with the medication, and you get it in the wrong place, or you get that stuff on your hands, and then go fiddling around with, 
any of your other personal parts, you'd get into trouble. <laughs> so you got to be careful. That, uh, that burn a little bit. It, it, yeah, it'd be a hunt to remember. So <laughs> you, you put that, uh, you put that hot patch on your back. I like to actually put it on my shoulders, put it across mm -hmm. my, just below my neck, almost because if my neck and shoulders get cold, I'm done. I'm headed to the house. Right. All right. Number three <laughs> is electric underwear. I've never heard of that. Oh well, I hadn't either. But evidently, you can buy just about anything on Amazon these days, and so that's probably been twenty. Which twenty twenty three? I think about twenty nineteen. Right when Amazon was really kind of becoming a popular thing, and eBay was still real popular. We we got out to go hunting one day, and it was uh, it was one of them icicly kind of days. It was cold. There was ice on the hole and everything. Lim got out of the, came and got in the truck with me, and he, he wasn't bundled up hardly at all. I said, Lim, son, you're going to freeze to death today. He said, oh, no, I ain't going to get cold today. I said, all right, well, I ain't going to tell you how to do nothing. So <laughs> we headed off to the woods. We got out there, but had to bust ice did a little duck hunting, shot us a couple of ducks. About 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I was starting to get a little chilled. I said, Lim, son, ain't you getting cold over there? He said, no, man, I'm toasty warm. I said, how are you so warm? I said, you ain't hardly got enough clothes on for, for summertime. He said, I got me some electric underwear. I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? He said, yeah, they, they electric underwear. He said, you plug them in, charge them up. They're long, they like them, you know, red, long handle long johns, like old Danny Boy used to wear. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they got yeah. electric electric wires in them, and I said, well, that's something else. I ain't never heard of such a thing. He said, yeah, they're real, they're real comfortable. They kept me real warm. Well, just not long after that, we had a bunch of wood ducks come in. We raised up and shot a few of them, and one of them kind of glided off over into the buck brush. Lim said, I'll go get that one. He took off running down across there. I heard him start hollering. I thought, well, maybe he needs help. So I hopped out of the blind, started walking that direction. The closer I got over there, more I could hear him hollering. He sounded like he was hurt. I didn't know if he'd stepped mm. on a beaver stob or something got a hold of him or what. You know, he's a little jumpy. I got out there. I said, Lim, what's going on? He said, I don't know, but something's getting me. I think I've got a, I think I got a cotton mouth in my waders. Oh, Lord mm. have mercy, Lim. So I said, well, you head on back to the duck blind. I'll get the duck. I went off to chase that wood duck all out through there and finally got it. Well, when I got back to the duck blind, old Lim was standing there in his boxers. <laughs> I said, what in the world are you doing, Lim? <laughs> he said, there's something in them them underwear. I can't wear them. And I said, what are you talking? He said, there's something in there. He said, it's biting me on my private parts. I said, there ain't nothing in your long chunk. So we got to investigating them. Well, there was this, their wire, part of them electric underwear wires, and then it broke loose, and it was shocking. <laughs> so I, I said, well, that's what you get for buying your underwear off of eBay. Well, it'd been funny if that was the end of the story, but then we got, we got in the truck to head home. We got about half, it was, it was that place we was hunting, about a 20-mile drive. We got about halfway home. I looked in the mirror, and there was smoke coming out of the bed of my truck. And I said, Lynn, there's something wrong, son. We got to pull over. So I pulled the truck over, 
hopped out and got back there and started digging. You know how it is when you got the back of the truck loaded with decoys and gun cases and bags and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Finally got to the source and it was them electric underwear limbs. He'd stuffed them down in, <laughs> in his backpack. They'd caught on fire. <laughs> well, about the time he figured out what it was, evidently the fire got to his shotgun shells and they started popping oh, off in that bag. I said, Liam, throw that thing out in the field. So he hauled off and threw it out in the field. Well, it happened to be around the time when we was having a little bit of a drought. <laughs> and that thing started popping and burning. Well, all said and done, it ended up burning about 40 acres. Hay <laughs> 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 field off. <laughs> them electric underwear cost Lim quite a bit of money that day. Yeah, I'd say that's not a good experience. <laughs> County Fire Department showed up and wanted to know how it all got started. They got a good laugh out of it, but they also wrote him a pretty significant ticket. All right, anyhow. <laughs> Whew. Don't buy electric underwear off of that. Uh, what's that, Timu website? No, no. I'm buy getting it. emails from them all the time, this Timu. What, what is it? Right, it's the Chinese People's Republic of China. That's all it is, trying to steal our money. All right, number two. I think I mentioned this one before, but I, I think it's worth mentioning again, and that's hand warmers for your wipes. I figured out my backpack's got a pocket that's just perfect to put my it's my essential wipes down in there, and then I, I shake up a couple of them hot hands hand warmers and throw it in there with it. So if I have to take care of my ungodly business out in the woods someplace, at least my wipes are nice and warm and not cold. <laughs> no more frosty wipes. All right. Oh, my gosh. And number one. Now, this is may hit a little close to home, Elliot. Nothing personal here. All right. Number one, however, is the Lulu Lemon Long Johns. <laughs> Evidently. Fellas out there in the Midwest, mm. you like your, your Lulu Lemon stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, there's it's your been top a five. Long time since I've worn those Lula Rose stretchy pants hunting. And mm. I was gifted them. I had a good friend, one of my best friends, his wife's was Lula Rose. And she's like, man, these things are so comfortable. I bet you could wear them as a base layer in hunting. And they were really comfortable. They, I did not let anyone else see them, I'll tell you that. They weren't the most masculine of prints, but man, they were comfortable and warm. They were very flowery, if I remember. They were a bit flowery. I later got one that was more like uh, American flag, which I felt a lot better about. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. I admitted that on air. <laughs> well, there's your top five ways to stay warm, creative ways to stay warm. All right. Well, thank you again for taking the time, coming and hang out with us. It's always a pleasure. Our You've listened to another Woody's Top 5. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for being here with me. If you could please support the partners, come over to Patreon, download the app. Those are the things that are going to keep me going and keep me driving out this content. So, or leave me a review. That is also very helpful as well. So thank you for listening. Until next time, you've listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. Coming from the cold, come and rest your soul. Join us by the fire. Tonight, the story's told. Ancient 
Mondays. Head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.